Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesus sleeps, yet to awake, deathless and reassure us. And therefore is it that grave where he is laid, this legend hath that still his kingdom keeps. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, a creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover the every single episode of the TV show Merlin. And we're back. Season one, episode two. Nobody's heard these yet, Chris. We're recording in mm-hmm. the mystical podcast land of uh, recording early. These are these unreleased are content. <laughs> unreleased content. We don't know. They, people may listen to the first episode and be like, nah, this ain't it, cuz. Y'all, uh-huh. y'all just uh-huh. need to delete this. Uh-huh. Um, and we're also in the mystical land of not actually having normal podcast stuff yet. So, like, we don't have our theme song. Uh, we don't have any of mm-hmm. our art, although we are starting to hear and and, and see some of the early versions of that. Uh, Very so, excited. Uh, all of that should be good. <laughs> all of that is great. Yeah. yeah. But none of it matters <laughs> because we're here to talk about Merlin. Yeah. Second episode's pretty good, Chris. I would say that the second episode is pretty good. Um, I think the the first episode sets your expectations on a lot of things. Um, and episode two comes back in to check those expectations and make sure that we keep everything on the right path. I think specifically with the character of Arthur, I love what this episode sets up for him. Me too. I, absolutely. Um, it also it leans into some silliness, but also some seriousness of uh, the use of magic in a way that I think is a really like kind of hard needle to thread and i think they pull it off really really well um yeah um there's such a a a childhood like charm to merlin mm -hmm. uh that reminds me and i thought this the very first scene with with the music uh it reminded me of the fantasy of my youth of like going out into the woods to play nights with my friends and fight invisible skeletons that i was pretty sure was gonna 
become a real problem in my life. As you know, yes, I was very you were, wary. You were convinced from a young age. warriors <laughs> yeah. as a small child. You know, my mom ran a daycare when I was a kid, so she had her hands full with other people's children. <laughs> so I was in the woods, and I was a little worried about skeletons. You know, I had my needs provided for at home, but yeah. skeletons, who's taking care of the skeleton issue? Oh, and it man. was like, I spent so much time playing in those woods that I did legitimately start to think like, okay, like, I do have a skeleton situation, Ma. I need to go deal with that. So uh, I'm going to be later. Back out there. See you later, but, Mom. But um, Merlin, the whole atmosphere of Merlin reminds me of like the really fun side of fantasy that yeah. um, you know I got me into the genre as a little kid. Uh, before we get to the main part of the episode, this is the section where we uh, thank all of our patrons at Patreon.com/slash/MonsterOfTheWeek. Yes. Uh, if you want to join up, uh, it, you can do so. You'll get episodes of this podcast early. You'll be able to join our Discord, where lots of fun um, conversations about hunks happen uh, across all media. Not just Merlin, not just Supernatural, but hunks across all media. Great group of people over there, and it's really fun. If you can't support us on Patreon, that's fine. Every new podcast needs reviews. We are desperate, desperate, desperate. Mm-hmm. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcatcher pod whatever like wherever if you can type into a text box about this podcast please uh rate us five stars tell up tell people how great we are we would really really appreciate it chris do you want to yeah. um check do you want to tell us what happened or do you want to catch us I up i can on tell Merlin? you what happened okay i can sum you up a little bit we on didn't Merlin. have to do this last time this is new territory for us but this you need to catch territory. us up on what's been happening in merlin my best Last time on Merlin, our eponymous hero Merlin arrives in Camelot to seek guidance from Gaius, the wise physician to the king. Merlin possesses exceptional magical abilities in a world where magic is condemned. And if he's going to survive and find his purpose, he'll need to both conceal and control his magnificent abilities. But after several run-ins with Arthur Pendragon, the prince of Camelot, and a goddamn talking dragon, Merlin realizes he might already be on the way towards his destiny. We are covering Merlin, Season 1, Episode 2, Valiant, directed by James Hawes, written by Howard Overman, which was released on June 21st, 2009. Camelot is hosting an annual tournament, and knights from the, from throughout the realm have come to compete for its coveted title. Among those hoping to win the crown is the Knight Valiant. Armed with a magical shield, he will stop at nothing to win his prize, even if it means killing Arthur. Merlin tries to expose Valiant as a cheat to save Arthur's life, but even those closest to him do not believe his claims. Yeah. Uh, so this sets us up. We, we start out pretty quickly uh, in our cold open with a uh, a rogue looking fella that uh, took me way way too long to realize to, was whose name was Valiant. I called him Snake yeah. Guy for most of this. He's, I mean, I, you know, he's he's. I, it does sound like he's describing himself. I'm the Knight Valiant. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, that's you... your name. Oh. oh, oh okay. Or, oh, like, okay. did you did you give yourself that nickname or yeah. like? Bit of a... I'm Knight Bigcock. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't think Whoa, you, hey, I don't think you can hey. name yourself that. That's not allowed. He's just getting one raised eyebrow from the guy taking names, and he just writes it. <laughs> um, oh, Bigcock, whatever. It better be. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're gonna yeah, make we, you, we're uh, gonna make you prove this later in round two. <laughs> I called I called this guy the Shifty Fighter for okay. quite a while good, until good, good. I realized his name was Valiant. Um, Excellent. So 
yeah, he uh, we see this guy, the shifty fighter. We see him uh, going in to what I assume is sort of like a black market merchant type guy. Um, uh, and and this night he goes in and he's like, "You got the goods?" And this guy's like, "Yeah," and gives him like an ounce of weed. And he's like, "This is not at all. This is not. Uh, this is not enough weed." Yeah, um, I live in the land of magic. <laughs> weed is kind of like second rate here. Like I've got, I can just grow um, this. We use this for rope where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, but all right. So he he. he goes to this guy uh who he, he's buying he's supposed to buy a magical shield from this man mm-hmm. emblazoned with uh snakes and as we very quickly learn with a little bit of a magic incantation the snakes come to life uh and they are to be under night valiant's control um and of course the first thing he does to test this is kill the guy who's who's giving him the shield yeah, always always hand off your magical shields and stay like a good bit away like make sure you get i would the definitely money be like all right you're, you're good yeah i'm gonna step back i'm gonna step back the phrase is written on a piece of paper it's 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 right there beside you like mm-hmm. just read it and you can just walk your merry way like they probably leave yeah. the money right there it's fine I, i'll take that um yeah this dude dies uh and then we cut to this snake guy uh knight valiant riding a horse in full armor into camelot yeah. And he's registering for the tournament. Uh, I don't know what knight etiquette is. Like, I'm think I've, I feel like this podcast is going to teach me a lot about knights. Um, sure. <laughs> that I don't know. Uh, but like, if I'm like, you know how some people uh, like in the in the olden days of when we f- first really started popularizing commercial air travel, like people used to dress up for the airplane. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And nowadays it's more like I barely have shoes on, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like if I was riding horseback across the magical kingdom, I would, I would be chill. Like I would have like a, just a, maybe some chain mail, but not like my full suit. Definitely I not. think, you know what I'm saying? I think like, that this guy would agree with you. Uh-huh. And I think that like right before he pulls up, he, you know, he pulls over uh, and, and, and swatches, it out. And he, I think he's got like two or three guys rolling with him too. I don't okay. know. We know, I know we do see like his, like his squire or his servant with him at some point, yeah. but he definitely is like, no, you guys were like, you're not riding into town with me. Like, I'm, I'm kind <laughs> I'm of like alone. The cool, I'm yeah. sort of like the lone wolf guy. Yeah, um, yeah. You guys just come in. The, yeah, I think there's a UPS entrance on the side. You guys go in with the UPS guys. Like, don't yeah. don't come in. Yeah. This is this is for so, guest only. He pulls over. He puts on his armor and then he rides into town. Although this is here, I love the music. Um, yeah, it, this it's is really great. setting setting the tone here. Um, and we we end like the the cold open, if you will. Uh, this guy he he names himself the Night Valiant. Uh, from the Western Isles, that doesn't matter. Um, and he's here to fight in the tournament. Yep. Uh, we get our intro, which uh, I still... I think that the thing that I like about this intro, I can't remember if I mentioned it last time, um, is it has it has big AMV vibes. Like, it really feels like somebody made this on YouTube with a pirated copy of Merlin. You know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. Uh, not, to, not to take any quality away from that. Like, I'm not no, saying... No, this is, this is a never skip for me. I yeah, love absolutely. This intro. Absolutely. I watch it every <laughs> single time. But yeah, it's absolutely AMV quality. Um, and and I, I adore it. We uh we open the main part of the episode with uh, Merlin and Arthur. Uh, Arthur presumably this is like a teaching session where he's teaching Mar- uh, Merlin how to See, how to fight. It's a, it's a training seg- session for yeah. Arthur, yeah. who's like, "All right, Merlin, you're gonna help me out." I've... Arthur reveals that he's done this with other servants, and this just does not seem like an effective way to train. Um, of course, last episode, Merlin saved Arthur's life and was given, the, as a reward, he, he was given the, the job of being Arthur's servant. Um, so yeah, Arthur has Merlin in armor and is just beating the snot just out of him with the, the sword. Him, yeah. And like, I guess it's it's exercise for Arthur. But other than that, he's not like, like you'd think he'd want to fight one of the other knights or something to train 
and gets stronger and like actually practices moves. Later on, we see Arthur also practicing by himself, and I'm like, man, that's, that doesn't look, look cool. We're gonna you talk. Look, we're gonna talk about it, but that's goth. <laughs> that's yeah, kind of goth. That is. I mean, that's like that's like me goth like that's what i would do when i was upset i was like i don't want to do my homework i'm going out in the woods and i swing around my wooden sword but stupid 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 with my walkman stupid green day or whatever um we he docks merlin over uh merlin is like is that it he's like absolutely not uh and eventually merlin makes his way back to uh i'm i don't know like obviously merlin sleeps here it's Unclear. Gaius obviously was sleeping here at one point. I don't know if he still is. I feel like we need. Gaius a... sleeps out in like the common room. On, yeah, on a cot. But like, what do we call this? Is this Gaius's house? Because I've been calling this, it. I call it. What do you been calling? What, what do you call it? What do you call? Say it? at the same time. I've been calling it one, two, three. The lab. I, can... I thought you were gonna say it with me. I call it Gaius's house. You call it Gaius's house? I just okay. say Merlin goes home. Like that's what I write in my notes. Okay. Well, I said like I said, Merlin made it back. No, to, no, no. This to the is lab. the lab. This, this is the lab. <laughs> this is the lab. This is where so, all like, of the experimentation happens. <laughs> he's sitting there and he's talking to Guinevere and she's like, uh, he, you know, he gets this crazy idea. He's like, I got to move the statue. She's like, where are you going? He's like, to take it to the lab. I'll bro. catch you later. You she's later. like, what the fuck does that mean, dude? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. So this is the lab. He goes back to the lab. Um, you know, he's a little bruised. He's a little beaten up. Um, his ears are ringing. And Gaius just laughs at him. I love Gaius. He's so supportive of Merlin all the time. He's really trying to help him out. Uh, and he just has no problem laughing at him. Absolutely not. Um, and, you know, I love that Gaius has, like, this real supportive um, uncle energy because, like, he immediately starts giving Merlin a massage and, like, stretching his arms, not trying to let him, you know, his muscles seize up or anything. But when Merlin, like, pulls a book over using his magic, Gaius doesn't even hesitate. He just slaps that dude on the back of the head. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You could get both yeah. of us killed doing that shit. Like, he <laughs> yeah. does not hesitate at all. Uh, and so he's a real, like, a really, really nice uncle. Um, Merlin starts complaining about being Arthur's servant and, and all the stuff that he has to do. Uh, and especially since, like, it doesn't seem like Arthur actually does anything on his own. Um, and then we cut to the next morning where Gwen is giving Merlin a lesson about what armor is and just in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, she tells him about each piece, and I'm like, well, if Merlin had ever played an RPG, he would have been able to figure this out <laughs> much quicker. Um, uh, he's clearly he's not experienced to uh, playing Morrowind. Uh, but yeah, no, she's uh, Guinevere is the blacksmith's daughter. She knows a hell of a lot of, uh, she knows a lot about armor, and uh, she feels Merlin in. And for his credit, he does actually seem to like learn here because yes. when he mm -hmm. suits Arthur up, he doesn't use magic. He's just like he just learned from Guinevere. He he did he you know boots on the ground. He went out. He learned from an expert, and he's brought that back to be a better servant. And I, and I kind of like this because in the next scene we see Arthur like kind of struggle to get, uh, excuse me, see Merlin struggle to get Arthur all suited up in the armor. And, um, and, and we get this cute exchange of like, are you nervous? No, I'm not nervous. I don't get nervous. And Merlin's like, I thought everybody got nervous. He's like, shut up, Merlin. Just shut up. I don't need, I don't need yeah. you right now. We're um, starting to get to see a little bit more of what's going on with Arthur here. Yeah. Because uh, the last episode, as much as I think. Uh, Arthur is very charming and and the playful relationship he has with Merlin is even as he's being antagonistic to him. I think it all plays very well in that episode. But if you're coming at it from a different perspective, Arthur's just he's like an asshole. Yeah, like, he's a prince. He's, he's a spoiled he's prince. Like, yeah. Yeah, whipping his servants and just mm -hmm. being awful. Um and so I think right away, like I said at the beginning, right away they they needed to do something to show 
that there is more going on with Arthur and uh, they have to start, you know, showing some positive aspects of him without changing his attitude too much. Absolutely. Uh, Merlin finishes the armor and is like, yep, 100% done. Love it. And Arthur's like, you forgot my sword. (laughs) And we're going to see over this episode, every time Merlin has to do this, he gets better and better at it, which I think is very cute. Um, We go to the tournament, which... uh, is is a little is a little wonky looking, I think a little bit, but sure. a, but yeah. I mean because what they're doing is putting like obviously compositing like multiple video images together into one, um, so it just looks a little bit awkward. But it's probably the best they could really do considering like their budget. Uh, so I don't really yeah. mind it, and they do a good job of not showing you this like real zoomed out shot very often, um, and they do a lot of like shots to the crowd reaction that doesn't include this weird like kind of compositing effect, and it's it works way way better for me. Um, Definitely. The king arrives. Uh, we learn that this is going to be a three day tourney. Uh, and only one person will be crowned champion, and if they do, they'll get 1,000 gold pieces. It seems weird that you're making Arthur do this. Like, this just seems like he's getting an yeah. allowance, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, it's just, that's how Uther, you know, keeps keeps the money in the family. You know, yeah, he doesn't exactly. have to give it to anybody. <laughs> he doesn't want anybody else rising up. Uther's all about the class system. This just seems like you're buying your own NFT. Like, Uther seems like a huge yes, NFT guy, yes, he's right? creating like, and Uther... buying his own. He's very... He would. He would be into NFTs. He's super into NFTs. Oh, oh. <laughs> so just bad. Got, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not great. Not a great, not a great time. Um... We also get our first glimpse into the relationship between Uther and Arthur as kind of being a little bit antagonistic because uh, as he's wa- as everybody walks away, he leans over to Arthur and is like, "Hey, you better fucking do some work here. Like, I'm not. Don't you dare embarrass me." He doesn't do that. Arthur. Arthur won last year, and that clearly made Uther proud. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. if he doesn't win again this year, that's going to be a problem. What have you done for me lately? Uther says. Yeah. Um, exactly. We get our first fight. Uh, I feel like we got we got some fight choreography stuff in the first episode, uh, but it was much more like kind of goofy and whatnot. Um, here, uh, this is an actual fight with two dudes dressed up in fucking chainmail and armor and swinging swords yeah. at each other. And I was really surprised. I kind of remember this to being a lot goofier when I watched it the first time. This is really well done. Like this is surprisingly yeah. well done. Like these guys know what the fuck they're doing. I think. Yeah, it uh, it looks good. Um, it doesn't overstay its welcome ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they, they set it up in such a way that in the final battle, not to spoiler it, but uh, in the final battle, when the tension really ratchets up, you can feel it. You can feel that difference. Because yeah. um, this is still a tournament, and these guys want to win. But this isn't Game of Thrones where people are hacking each other's hands off or anything. This is Merlin. So it, it's a really solid tournament fight, and I think that they get that across really well. And we got Merlin on the sidelines cheering for Arthur, we, you know, getting shots of Guinevere and Morgana in the stands as they mm-hmm. as they watch all excited. Uh, and seeing their reaction, specifically Morgana, because she goes through this, like, tiny mini character arc <laughs> she throughout does, the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, seeing her, like, uh, perception change as, you know, uh, as the fights go on is, is interesting. Um, and yeah, we, I think, is this where we get the montage of several fights? Yeah. It starts, it kind of starts here. So we, we do the first fight, which is just Arthur. Um, and then the music kicks up, we get into that good choral stuff. Um, 
Arthur wins, and then we get the kind of the, our first montage of fights as we go through the yeah. tourney. We this see is, a dude with scimitars. What's he doing? I want to know more about. I this called guy. I called him the Dark Souls NPC because this was definitely yeah, a guy yeah, in Dark yeah. Root Basin. Like this guy just definitely lives in a Dark Souls game. I want to know mm-hmm. all of his story. Um, but Snake Guy beats that dude. Unfortunately, um, uh, they also kind of cut to everybody has a little emblem, like a little wooden emblem cut out, and they have like a leaderboard, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Like that they're pulling yeah. stuff and hanging the little shield <laughs> emblems on. Yeah, yeah. Super cool, super cool. Um, um, yeah, and every and I love. I just a lot of times they won't even show the person be defeated, or they'll show the beginning of a fight, and then they'll show an emblem hit the ground, like that they've already lost, and then they'll cut back to the person being defeated. Yeah. They do a lot of fun like editing stuff here. I, I do, and there's uh, speaking of the editing, there's a lot of like real hasty zoom ins and zoom outs throughout this, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. could they're be just, real, they're going for it. Sometimes, it, sometimes they come off as a little comical uh, in the last fight, and I'll call it out. Like it, it actually like really amps up the tension in a good way. Um, after the fights are over, uh, Valiant comes over and congratulates Arthur. And as he walks away, Merlin is like, that dude's a creep. And this is the first time that Merlin has said something that made Arthur laugh. Like you see a little smile yeah. and, <laughs> and you could see Merlin's face being like, nailed it. Fucking got yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then immediately, immediately Arthur is like, uh, yeah, here's a list of chores that you need to do before, uh, mm-hmm. you, you can come back. Cause Arthur's still trying to keep that distance. He's not, mm-hmm. you know. This is a problem. This is one of my few actual complaints about this show is that um, I think that the chemistry between these two guys is so good that it seems like they're old pals. Like yeah. he's got the the wry remark and the smirk from Arthur. It's just the the relationship seems so natural. They just seem like, like schoolmates, you know, these kind of like joker boys who hang out and do their the joker boys what's up with what's the joker up with the boys, joker boys? Um, just doing some joker <laughs> stuff you see as they walk by you know all the ladies stop and whisper those are the joker, those boys. Are the joker uh, boys stay away from, stay away from main street the joker boys are out tonight they live in a society they um, live in a society down on main street <laughs> a society is just um, a video game arcade they have such a natural chemistry with each other um which i think makes them very easy to ship together um but they have they have what to my eyes like instantly it's like yeah those guys are friends the, 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 yeah. there's a there's a camaraderie here but then occasionally the show is like wait n- no that's just all. hold yeah. on that yeah it's just actors stop stop reading too much into this yeah this <laughs> they're is... actually arthur hates them because there's these moments throughout the series where merlin will say something and arthur's like no you can't be involved in this and like kind of like shove him away or whatever um it happens like, in this i just episode. feel like you guys I mean, the, the big, yeah, one of like, the big like you guys are best friends yeah um it's so, very, it very much feels like not to not to keep talking about supernatural but like merlin folk we're gonna we're gonna bring it up we spent five years talking about supernatural so but yeah. it, it very much feels like how uh dean and cast just like fell into it just because jensen and misha all, all of a sudden were great fan, friends right like yeah, it feels yeah. like that um merlin goes to, goes back to the lab uh and does all of the chores that he needs to do with magic uh mm-hmm. gaia storms in and said and just yells at it I'm like are you doing magic again and, and I, <laughs> I had a moment where i was like we should have called this podcast are you doing magic again are like, you doing magic again oh my god yeah um, it's not too late to you, change it i mean we'd have to re-record some stuff Can we just but put that on a shirt are you are doing you doing magic, magic again? again yeah still his kingdom keeps are you doing magic again uh, um, uh very funny to me that's what we'll call the outtakes are you doing magic are again? you doing magic uh, no again? we're we're talking for 35 minutes about nothing um yeah, I, I love that there's no consequence to this. It's no. literally just a gag. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody like, just wanted come... to do the uh, Fantasia sequence where we see like yeah, the, the exactly. stuff scrubbing itself. Like They were just having fun with this. They were just having fun with it. And then later on, 
um, Arthur remarks that how like impressed he is that that Merlin actually managed to accomplish all of this stuff, and that's that's the only reference we get to it ever. <laughs> um, we switch over to the the like the nightly feast or gala, um, where Knight Valiant um, is getting a bunch of props from Uther, and he's uh, doing a lot of flirting with Morgana, uh, much to Arthur's dismay. Um, and Arthur doesn't not does not get any props from Uther, no props whatsoever. None, uh, none props. No none props uh <laughs> left beef uh <laughs> instead morgana is kind of rooting i think she, she kind of says that she's rooting for a snake guy uh but she's doing this just really to wind arthur up like yeah she's just winding him up mm-hmm. um you know one of the like honors that you get if you win is you get to like you know escort morgana to the you know the final banquet at the end of it um so you know these knights are, are fighting to win her to her arm or her hand or whatever um to win her date uh and when arthur like kind of throws that back at her he's like why you know she asks, oh what are you jealous if like you know if you would take me to to the banquet or whatever and he's like mm. what is there to be jealous of and she's like okay that was a little okay, nasty a little, a little beat. Right. and then she just fades and into those curtains and then just disappears yeah, and then from she's the wrapped up in the curtains and you just hear <laughs> evanescence start to play <laughs> And Gwen's like, is that you, Morgana? What is that? Go away, Gwen. Go away, Gwen. Um, Merlin, meanwhile, is bringing all of the... Or no, he's going to check on uh, Arthur's uh, stuff in the armory. And he hears hissing, um, which is when he spies the snake shield and notices... He good... thinks, you know, he thinks they sprung a leak or something. He's like, that sounds That's, like a, sounds like a, a burst gas pipe leak. if I've ever yeah. heard one. And he goes, oh no, it's it's magic snakes. It's magic oh, snakes. Oh, okay, I can, deal, I can deal with magic snakes. I'm no plumber, but uh, I can handle a magic snake. Proving our, 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 our theory that we laid out in episode one, that uh, Merlin basically flirts with every single thing, a person that he comes across, the snake mm-hmm. winks at him the snake does a little like wink at him that's because that's because merlin likes to flirt with danger that's true you know merlin does like to flirt with everything including danger he'll he'll flirt with your girl he'll flirt with your with your man and he'll flirt with danger yeah absolutely uh merlin's interrupted from his um flirting by uh knight valiant who puts a sword to his neck um and then uh promptly tells him that he should leave um promptly flirts with him yeah, and then and then immediately falls in love. Uh, then we switch to uh, Arthur's room, where Merlin has laid out all of his armor. This is where Arthur is super impressed that Merlin could do all this on his own. Mm-hmm. And we get a dressing montage. Uh, and there's moments where like Merlin is fastening something like from behind Arthur, and he just sticks his head out and like smiles his big goofy Merlin smile. And I'm just like, <laughs> are you guys not best friends? Like, how are you He's so not proud best of yet? He's so excited. <laughs> I just want to like pick him up and put him in my pocket and walk to Camelot. Like, I don't know. He's so cute. Uh, it's so good. Uh, it's so perfect. And of course, Merlin does a much better job this time, which I, I mentioned before. We're going to continue to see that. Uh, and then it's time for day two. Of the yes. fight, um, more fighting. Um, we see in this in this um, fight sequence, we we finally see Valiant use his snakes, uh, which is kind of wild because he's fighting this guy Ewan, I think his name is. I wrote it down later. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fighting this other knight, and he like knocks his shield down. He he pins this dude to the ground. He gets on top of him, and I just feel like one good one good clobbering really would have sorted things out. But instead of doing that he decides to secretly use magic snakes in front of a whole audience and secretly secretly get the snake action going on which just seems like a risk that i wouldn't take he's already he already had the upper hand it'd be one thing 
if the other guy was on top of Valiant. Mm-hmm, and Valiant's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to get the upper hand here and I'm going to get the snakes out. But that is, that's not quite the situation. Yeah. And then uh, to make matters worse, like he's got the dude on the ground. He calls the snake. The snake bites the guy. And then he bashes the dude in the in his snake bit face. Like yeah. in the yeah. whole, and like they do the reaction shot from the crowd. And the crowd's like, ooh. And then they immediately start cheering. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I it's, love it. You know, and I I get that they had to set up this like plot device, which mm-hmm. is fine. Yeah, but the, but setting it up, you know, in in such a way where Valiant clearly didn't need to do that. Exactly. He would have yeah. the result would have been the same if he had just clobbered him than if he uh had the snake bite him and then clobbered him. Like he he did the clobbering both times. He just removed the the part where you murder the man with magic in between. <laughs> He can just, he seems to be a good fighter. Like, obviously, he's brought, yeah. like, you know, he's good. A, a little well, extra he with him, but, like, he's doing pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, I don't think he needs to cheat. He doesn't need to cheat <laughs> right seemed, now. Like, hold it seems on to like that. He's got bro. a pretty good chance. Uh, um, Gaius comes out and and looks at the dude uh merlin is also concerned because the guy's not getting up yet uh and he brings the guy back to the lab um he shows merlin the snake bites and the soundtrack like puts in the snake effect which i thought was really (laughs) funny um and he says you know oh we're we're not gonna be able to uh heal this guy unless we get a sample of the venom um so we can make the antidote and like merlin looks off to the distance and you hear just an audible like click as his brain goes click yeah. And he realizes, oh wait, I know a snake thing, <laughs> and then just Master leaves the Merlin. room. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Clue Master Merlin just. Ru- oh wait, 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 oh, wait, wait! I saw this earlier. I've got a thing. Hold on. <laughs> Merlin, Merlin cocks his head with his with his big old ears and hears a hissing in the distance, <laughs> just, and he's like, "Aha! <laughs> ah, I figured it out." Um, he immediately goes to the castle and starts following Snake Guy around. What's uh, what is Merlin's favorite thing to do? Just fucking stalk around, that, for you. stalk around dude, that castle, dude. He Sneak loves around to it. snoop. He, he loves, loves to snoop. snoop. He loves You're to absolutely sneak. right. He loves to stalk. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's just, he's always up to, he's up to some mischief all the time. He's, dude, he's not, I mean, Merlin is a man of layers, right? Like, he's yeah. he's got mm-hmm. that top layer of, like, pretending to be a good boy, but then there's a lot mm-hmm. of mischief in there. There's a lot there's of a, mischief. He's, he's quite mischievous. He's mischievous. Flirtatious. And mischievous, mischievous and and, uh, and and just a just a total mop up there in the hair. <laughs> just not yeah, a not a good a whole, like a whole like a whole mop up there. Uh, I'm pretty and, sure this you know, whole this whole se- this whole series he's not got a, ever he never has a good haircut like at all no, ever. Um, no. But I, I think it works. It really works for him. Meanwhile, he he sneaks up on Snake Guy who is in his room. Uh, I think it's kind of a bummer that you have to feed the magic snakes. Like he's feeding them mice, and I'd, it just feels like. The you know the price you pay for magic shield snakes that you shouldn't also have to feed a mice you know I just it, it, I could have it, just I could have just carried real snakes into the fi- into the fight with me at this point that's what the, at the end of the day <laughs> then it's not it's no longer a magic shield necessarily it's yeah. just that you somehow put snakes in your shield you could just put a real po- you, could put, you could put a little pocket in there <laughs> like one comes out and it's shedding its skin and it's yeah. all like pasty and weird looking I, I bet Uther just... I bet Uther would absolutely if he could prove to Uther that it wasn't a magic shield I bet he would love it if somebody brought a snake shield to the fucking park like he would he's like yeah, did you see yeah. the end of that fight he sprung a fucking snake on him that's what a knight a does that's, that's ingenuity you know that's <laughs> that's using your brain in battle it's just thinking smarter not harder uh merlin 
you know, sees this and startles himself. Our, and immediately... Arthur's just sitting there at the table thinking, how am I going to get snakes in my shield? <laughs> I don't know anything about snakes. I wonder if Merlin, can I trust Merlin to put it's a snake in my stare. shield? <laughs> Eyes wide, staring at his hands. Like, what Because <laughs> he just wants to, you know, he just wants to impress his father. He wants to make him proud. But he's suddenly like, so now I got to have snakes? <laughs> Brain empty, no thoughts, just snakes. <laughs> he's just, just snakes. like, he just closes his eyes and just hears <laughs> He's like, how the fuck am I gonna? I'm not, I don't know. I was supposed to do this. I didn't know we were allowed to have gimmicks. I'm just a guy. He, le- he leans back, eyes closed, just hissing to himself. <laughs> he's just kind of, he's just trying to figure out the mindset. He's, he's, that's when Merlin finds him. He's like, uh, are you okay, dude? You good, dude. Uh, Merlin startles himself uh, and knocks something over, which alerts Snake Guy. Um, and then runs away. Uh, Snake God gives some chase, but we just cut right back over to the lab uh, where he tells Gaius what he saw. And Merlin wants to immediately run and tell Arthur and Uther and say, like, oh, that dude was using magic. And Uther has to explain, like, Merlin, you've been in town for two days. <laughs> you, you've saved the prince, and that was dope, but you were a servant. Like, you can't just go talk to the king whenever you want to. That's not how this shit works. Yeah. And Merlin's yeah. like, um, is my word less because I'm a servant? And then Uther's like, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. what, yeah, yeah, 100%. Did you, are you not paying attention? Like, <laughs> I, your mother, kinda... your mother gave you to me. I own you right now. It's real yeah. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. This is, I do, I technically, I, I, I purchased you. So. <laughs> yeah. This was... This is uh, later on. All above board. <laughs> yeah, everything. Every, it's legal, which is real fucked up. Later on, we actually deal with like some like who owns Gaius kind of situation, if I remember correctly. And it's re- like it's a real nightmare of okay, we just don't need to think about it in this world. Like they didn't we know what they were getting it. into. We don't need to think I mean, about we, it. So after or excuse me, after uh, Gaius convinces Merlin, like this is a bad idea, we cut over to day two or excuse me, um, day three of the. Or just maybe later in the day? Because there's supposed to be a three-day tournament. We cut back to the tournament. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, um, we're back. There. Arthur is uh, facing off uh, a huge guy. Um, but, of course, he's super fast. Um, yeah. we, we see Morgana, who's a little bit stressed. She's holding on to Gwen, which is very cute. Uh, Merlin sees the snake guy backstage, and they kind of share a look of, like, yeah, we know. We know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then it's time for a fight. Uh, Arthur is doing does really well against the giant dude um, and knocks the guy down pretty immediately. Um, Snake guy goes up against a dude and like looks like he tries to fucking kill him. <laughs> He's ruthless. Uh, yeah. It's bad. Uh, but that means that now Snake guy and Arthur are in the final, and Merlin has to figure out what uh, what to do. He's gotta. He's really gotta ramp up the snooping mm-hmm. if he wants to figure out what's going on here. Uh, and his first, we call them. We call him a clue master, but it's less that he picks up on clues and more that uh, he snoops. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just a snoop master. He's a snoop master. He's the snoop master general. Um, he he immediately goes back to the lab and just does a sulk. Like when Gaius comes in, he's just like, my name is Merlin, and I'm mm-hmm. sad." Uh, and Gaius is like, yo, I've got an idea. Like, I know I was harsh, but like the king may not believe you, but maybe he'll believe another knight. Um, and this is when we cut over to the, the king's table. And I got to say, like hanging out with Uther seems like, especially if he's your dad, seems like the worst time in the world. Like this just does he's not, not a seem, guy you want to hang out with. Doesn't seem you know. fun for anybody. Um, he's just praising uh, Valiant, saying like, yo, why don't you stay here, homie? I've got video games. You can. I've got great wine. Like this is great. Arthur's like, you never let me play the Xbox. It's okay. <laughs> Valiant's all into it. Um, and I wonder, it's like, it's so, it's so shitty it's like is he doing this to like light a fire under 
uh, Arthur's ass yeah. to be like, you really, you know, oh, this guy's really warming up to us. You, you okay with this, Arthur? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's shitty either way. <laughs> but yeah, um, Arthur is just rolling his eyes at all this bullshit. <laughs> he is. Uh, meanwhile, Merlin, Snoopmaster General, is doing a little toe tap and, and sees that Valiant is at this dinner. So he's like, oh, this is my chance to go check out that shield. Um, he breaks into the room. Um, IMDb helpfully pointed out that the room was locked from the inside, which would be impossible because there was nobody inside. And I just want to tell IMDb yeah. to fuck off with that stuff forever. I don't care. It's it's <laughs> cool when Merlin does magic to unlock a door. That's all I need to see. Leave yep. it alone. <laughs> that's all maybe I want. there's a maybe there's a servant's entrance on the other side. Yeah, don't you, we, we don't know. It doesn't matter. IMDb. Why maybe are you Valiant likes to come in through the window like Batman. We don't know. This guy's got a lot going on. He's got a snake shield. Okay, took me, and took you're me, about a locked door. Took me thirty seconds to read that paragraph and now i can't get that 30 seconds of my life back um <sighs> merlin comes in and he like picks up a sword and like kind of pokes at the shield and it doesn't do anything and then he hears steps approaching so he turns his back on the shield which i mean this is amateur hour right here i know we're on yeah, episode he turns two, his but... back on the shield and also just kind of like waits to see <laughs> <laughs> if someone's gonna come in <laughs> Um, and that's when the snake comes, snakes come alive. At first, there's just one, uh, and Merlin like whips around and just, hey, some of that training with Arthur paid off. He like he does a cut, it cuts the dude's head, yeah. cuts the snake's head off. Um, yeah. The rest of the snakes come alive, and Merlin just does a runner. He like picks up the snake head and just jets. Uh, I want to say this is probably a good time. The snake head is going to be an important prop for the rest of the, uh-huh. <laughs> the episode, and I love it so much. Somebody spent. <laughs> Prop, prop yeah. person, I don't know why you're listening to episode two of this podcast. That'd be weird. I don't care, though. If you made the snake, get at me. We'll, we will. I have questions. I will put you on the podcast. <laughs> I will talk to you. I love this snake Please. so much. If, if you don't want to be on a podcast, know that your work is appreciated by a yes. middle-aged dude in Louisiana because I <laughs> I wanted to pause it every time it was on screen. Like The craftsmanship on the snake head, Chris, it's, is beautiful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm looking at my... Um, uh, Andoril, Flame of the West, sword sure. from Lord of the Rings. Right, mm-hmm. I, I just recently I had the I got the plaque to go with it so I could mount it on the wall. And I'm looking at this wonderful movie prop, really the only thing of its kind that I own. And I'm and I'm looking at the wall and I'm thinking that snakehead would look real good next to that. That snakehead would look mighty <laughs> yes, fine. Yes, absolutely. Next to that. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I want to put the snakehead like right next to my miniature um, uh, Ornstein. That's where I want him to go. Just Ornstein. I want to put it right next a, to where I keep my coffee mug. So every time I got to reach for my coffee, I'll <laughs> scare the shit out of yourself. Yeah. yeah. I want. Yeah. I just want to put it in various parts of the house to scare Autumn with. That's that. That would be the easiest thing. Uh, yeah. 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 Um. He runs back to Gaius. Gaius is going to work on an um, antidote. And then Merlin is off to tell Arthur, uh, who just absolutely does not believe him. It's like, that's not true. He's not using magic. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're a fucking idiot, Merlin. I'm sorry. You're just an idiot. Like, you're, I'm sorry. I um, uh, He does brush him off. I really love this scene, though, because this is where Merlin is like, I know I'm just a servant. And I know that that doesn't mean anything to you or my word doesn't mean anything to you. Um, but I am I, I wouldn't lie to you. Uh, and you can tell this is where it actually gives Arthur pause. And you can tell, at least, you know, in my head, Arthur is, of course, he's privileged and he's spoiled and he, you know, he's the prince. He's royalty. He's literally like the second highest royalty there is. Um, but you can tell that when, when Merlin brings up that like man to man thing or that, that class thing, mm-hmm. um, that like, that, I think that that bothers Arthur a little bit. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily expressed in this scene, but I do think that that concept does kind of 
bother Arthur when it comes down to it. Like his privilege bothers him a little bit, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Like he doesn't like he doesn't like that this dude is like getting this serious with him and saying, like, I know that because I'm a servant, that doesn't matter to you. Like, I don't know. There's something that I, I read. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I don't think so. Um, I think this is probably the first time that, um, as we saw in the first episode, like Merlin has a natural gift for like throwing stuff back in Arthur's face and kind of acting. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's the word when you like act an ass to your superior officer or whatever? Like, um, but he he's 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 acting not as if he was just a servant. He's acting like yeah. that he was a man of honor, and I think that that's what Arthur sees and what makes him realize like, oh, like this is a person, and I should listen to him. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it eventually works. It eventually convinces Arthur to um, pull uh, Valiant into in front of the king and all this stuff. But yeah, this moment, like you can definitely tell that this is a defining moment in their relationship, and it's it's really gonna set this up for hurt in just a little while when it all goes wrong. Um, yeah. Um, but they they deliver. I mean, Arthur gets all serious. He's like, I want you to swear to me. Yeah. You're telling you the truth um and and he says i swear it's true and and arthur then says then i believe you and it's like it, it does that right there is a foundation for a relationship uh that we're gonna see you know grow between these two throughout the series um but just just before we switch over to the to the court hearing we see a little sneaky snake up in the rafters hissing mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. hissing around he's so i guess the snakes are also spies yes yeah <laughs> because valiant seems to know what's going on when he gets <laughs> when he gets to the to the court here well yeah the th- they didn't they didn't th- i mean if he had just listened to the shop to f- shopkeeper he would have been like yeah and there's another command to send them out to the kingdom and collect information for you <laughs> like and he had to just stumble upon that ability later on like when he came in and found that there were only two snakes left he was like oh do, what, do you guys have other commands i can use so, okay he can command the snakes, of course. Yes. Um, he was he was explicitly told that he can command them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine Valiant sending the snake out, spying on them. The snake comes back um, and then doesn't say anything because it's a snake. <laughs> it can't communicate. <laughs> or maybe, or <laughs> maybe, maybe the snakes have a vested interest in this whole thing too, because they are they have sure, 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 they sure, have sure, a sure. line on sweet, sweet free mice food. I mean, they are just yeah. getting mice at every opportunity. So maybe they're he keeps like keeps the shield in the sun yeah. all day, so they're just nice and warm. Shield man, there, you know? like yeah, they have a little conversation. They're hissing all it together, and like we need to protect, we need to protect the shield man, and yeah. and then and they just pop out of the shield. That's and go what they sound like for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know where that came from. I'm so sorry, uh, <laughs> listeners. If you're new here, uh, I don't do accents very well, and when I try, I just fail miserably. I don't know what it's about. Uh, what about me? I'm a great guy. You know, fun to be around. <laughs> I'm okay. Listen, I'm a great guy. Just if you uh, want me to do a New York accent, it will go into like fucking crazy places within two sentences. <laughs> I guarantee you. Shit just goes just goes sideways, you know. I just don't know what happens to my mouth when I start doing stuff. Uh, the snake kills poor uh, Ewing. I guess is his name. Um, yeah. I feel like Gaius shouldn't have left this dude alone, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. And then meanwhile, Gaius loves leaving people untended in the lab. Yeah. Uh, Arthur uh, summons his dad, summons Uther, and accuses Valiant publicly in front of the court of using a magic shield. Uh, they ask for evidence, of course. Uther is kind of already at a level of outrage that is uh, a, a little bit unusual. Um, Valiant, of course, is like, absolutely no way. Look, it's just it's just a shield. I love this moment where Arthur is like, well, of course he's not going to get the snakes out in front of everybody. <laughs> Um, and for evidence, they present the snake head, um, which is like far and from the kingdom or whatever, but that's not enough. Uther wants more proof. Uh, and Arthur's like, oh, we got a witness. And there's this like weird, like, 
Three Stooges moment where Gaius comes in, pulls <laughs> pulls Merlin He's to the side, Merlin. and Merlin. yeah, and Arthur and, and Uther is like, "Where's your witness?" And Arthur's like, "Well, he should have um," and like looking back, like like he's for all the world like a lawyer in a courtroom, like he should have been here by now. Like I, I definitely yeah. summoned him. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And then, unfortunately, Uther finds out that uh, Arthur took the word of his servant. Uh, and yeah. this makes Uther absolutely livid. Yeah. Um, which, you know, Uther the bigot, here he goes. I, I, Uther is a really interesting character, and he's a lot of, uh, he's, he's, he's a great foil for both Merlin and Arthur. But man, does he just suck ass sometimes. He does. It's it's going to be, the character development in the show is really, really weird, and it's weirdly paced. So uh, you will have really great Uther moments in this in this series, and then you will have moments of just like utter, like you, you, you're, it's so far over the top into hating, to not listening that it's just dumb. <laughs> like you, yeah. why have yeah. the doctor around if you're not going to listen to the doctor kind of stuff? Um, yeah, they don't. They don't really let Uther keep any of his uh, depth or character no, development no, no, at any point because no. they got to reset it. He's got to be that antagonist, you know. Um, and the, it, that's kind of what I was complaining about earlier. Is a lot of times it feels like they sometimes re- try to reset the relationship between Arthur and Merlin. And I'm like, but you can't. I definitely have you I seen d- the way. Have you <laughs> seen the way he smiles? <laughs> they smile at each other a lot. Uh, I definitely think that that's that's probably part of making a network show or you know just you know hey they want somebody who right th- right just i can i can tune in and i catch this episode and it's not season 15 of supernatural where you're like what the fuck is even happening it's oh here's mm-hmm. this a tv show there's a guy running around that's merlin that's arthur i got it go every single episode can kind of make sense as a contained thing yeah pretty much. Mm-hmm. i mean sure i'm sure there's some that are going off doing you know main quest stuff but yeah for the for the most part you can pick up any episode um Uther obviously does not believe Arthur. Um, Valiant leans into this and he's like, well, first Uther calls for the guards to kill Merlin and Valiant's like, I don't think you need to do that. No big deal. Um, but you know, if, yeah, if Valiant's if, playing the nice guy, I know. And he's like, but if, you know, if Arthur's just doing this because he doesn't want to fight me, I'll gladly just not fight him. Like, I'll just take Ooh. the win. I'll take the dub right now. Like, that's no problem. Yeah, like, if, I've, yeah, I, if you want to put one dub on the board for, for, for Valiant, I'll take it. Dude. I've got a little, I've got a guy that is just tattooing an L on his forehead right now. Like I can go get we him within the three L. seconds. Hey, hey, Arthur, you got this right here. He holds it up. Boom, L. Right Boom. There. Take, take the L, bro. Arthur is embarrassed uh, and basically says, no, I do not wish to withdraw. Uh, and he apologizes to Valiant, and then he withdraws his allegation and then kind of storms out. Uh, and th- I have to, this has to be like just devastating for a prince like Arthur. Like this, He put his reputation yeah. on the line. It's, he put it's his humiliating. honor on the line. It's humiliating. Um, and we go back to his chambers where uh, Merlin is waiting for him, and... You know, Merlin does not read the room correctly. Merlin is focused on, we need to expose Valiant. Mm-hmm. I think we still can. Uh, and then Arthur is like, you have humiliated me in front of my family, in front of my <laughs> in front of my job, basically, like in yeah. front of the entire kingdom. He is so even, mad. Even in that, when, when he tries to speak up on Arthur's behalf, that's when Gaius like really snaps oh, yeah, at him. Yeah. And he's like, do you seriously think that you can interrupt? Like, you're a fucking servant. <laughs> yeah. I, I shouldn't even know your name. <laughs> like, I don't even yeah. know why you're here. The fact that I vaguely recognize you bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even... Why are you looking me in the eye? Eyes down, please. Eyes down, chief. Um, he's like, I saved your son last episode. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> last... What is an episode? I don't know that word. It's that Camelot. I was on Buffy. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> you know that they called me Jack the Ripper? And now I gotta deal with you. <laughs> Was he really Jack the Ripper? 
he, that was his nickname. <laughs> or the Ripper, I think, was his name. Oh, and I haven't seen Buffy in a long time. I thought he was like the professor. They really called him the yeah, Ripper. He is. Yeah, he is, dude. He's got a backstory. Spoilers oh, for Jesus Buffy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> One day I will watch Buffy, uh, or more than a season and a half worth of Buffy. Um, shout out to the Ripper. Bro. Shout out to the Ripper, I guess. As they're fighting, I just want to mention again, like the dramatic music as they're yelling uh, is, is very good here. Um, oh, yeah. And then we get this shot of Merlin walking outside. This is very goth. This is very like, I'm alone on my own. Um, you could just drop Nine Inch Nails like into this. and I think it would work just about mm-hmm. any song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a big um, he's a big Nine Inch Nails fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's a big Evanescence fan. Yeah. Um, he was a boy. She was a girl. Mm-hmm. Can I make it any more obvious? Um, uh, I forgot to mention that Arthur fires Merlin at the end of that like the heated conversation. Yeah. So yeah. off Merlin goes to meet the dragon. Woo! Um, and it, it mostly just is Merlin yelling into a cave. <laughs> with no response and i was like oh did they did they just they didn't want to do the anim- they didn't want to animate the dragon in this episode uh and then finally he shows up <laughs> it's gonna be uh the reasons for merlin to go visit the dragon in every single episode because um i mean i'm sure they paid john hurt a lot of money and they want to use that voice right uh they right. <laughs> but the reasoning behind merlin to go to visit the dragon is going to get like more and more specious every single time like this is just <laughs> i had a fight with a guy and, and the dragon is yeah. like but he's your destiny and he's like i don't know it seems kind of a dick i don't know what you're yeah. i don't want to tell well, you because at first he's like i hate this guy and he's like sorry that's that's your destiny uh so now he comes back he's like i've literally been fired now and i still hate the guy from before when i hated him i thought i liked him but now i hate him again um and clearly this isn't my destiny this is this is not this is not going to work out uh and then finally the dragon shows back up and he says oh what is it i wrote it down somewhere the heart Um, cannot hate what makes it whole yeah, dude. The ha- dude. Dude. <laughs> Dragon, what are you doing? And Merlin is infuriated by this. He's like, that's not a sentence. That's not a thing. That's, that's not, not anything that I understand. Enough, enough of your damn riddles, all right, you shipper. <laughs> I don't like, listen I to the Smiths, do, man. You need, to, pr- you need yeah. to spell it out like Reznor does, okay? <laughs> I don't need any metaphors here. <laughs> Merlin's a big, big Nine Inch Nails fan. And that's what that eventually they're going to both realize. That, you know. <laughs> yeah, we have to be real clear in our lyrics. Yeah. I'm sad. <laughs> And lowly. <laughs> um, all right, uh, so poor Trent. I love yeah, the you. dragon. The the dragon's like, yeah, you gotta, um, you know, stick it out. This is not the end; it's the beginning. Um, so yeah, Merlin gets all pissed off and he leaves, frustrated. Um, and when we find him again, or or when Guinevere finds him again, he's just like sulking outside on the steps. Big sulk um, number two, dude. Take a drink every time Merlin does a sulk in this episode, yeah, right? Yeah. And um, whatever for her credit, she is, you know, she's not royalty. She's a she's a person like him. And she's willing to take people uh, at face value and, and or she's willing to accept people for who they are. Uh, so she doesn't dismiss his claims because he's a servant. And the first thing she says is, is what you said true? And he says, yes. Um, and she's like, and what are you going to do about it? And he's like, why does everybody think I'm going to do something about it? And he's like, because you're the person to do something about it, clearly, aren't you? Yeah, you're the guy. I mean, you've just been in town for three days. I don't know you have. A, I don't know your last name. I don't even know if we have last names in this kingdom. I'm very confused by that. But you're the Arthur's, guy. Arthur Pendragon. Yeah. But I don't know if anybody else. Is it? Is it? Is Morgan Le Fay <laughs> just a different version of Morgana, or is that her full I name? I think that's a that's in the fairy kingdom. You're you're also that's also fairy just kingdom. a. 
that's just a title anyway. So yeah, I don't, is Pen Dragon just a title? It might. Do you think, be. Do you think, I bet it is. Do you think Guinevere was like, and my last name is Blacksmith, which isn't racist, but kind of feels racist if you know it what I'm saying? It doesn't feel good. And Merlin's like, yeah, great. mine's my name is Merlin Magic. I'm not allowed to say <laughs> yeah. that out loud though. Yeah, my name is Merlin, comma Wizard. I don't know if that's a good thing yeah. to say around here though. Um, so as as she's my name's asking Merlin, him, Mind Freak. Um, <laughs> Mind freak. <laughs> uh, she's like what is that made and he starts levitating two inches off the ground yeah you're like i'm gonna chain myself into a glass a glass box and she's like what's glass i don't understand <laughs> um, <Not> windows <laughs> as as she's asking him questions and he's insisting that he doesn't know what to do he looks over and sees oh I, 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 there's a statue of a dog. I have. He an sees idea. a big old dog statue, and he goes, "I gotta have that. I gotta have that." Um, he <laughs> Do runs you have over, a wheelbarrow? I gotta have that. He tries to lift it, can't lift it because it's a fucking seven foot statue. And he's like, "Oh, do you have a wheelbarrow?" And he, and he just gets one and then brings the dog statue home, and like brings out the magic book and starts casting magic at it. Um, I, I, I think this these the, the next like montage thing that we're gonna get into like a mini miniature montage kind of situation is really really funny with him just trying different inflections um trying different like stances as he casts the magic spell at it yeah, and all that it's yeah. it's very funny i think this is good he's always had uh the natural ability to use magic and that's what makes him so special uh but also he doesn't actually like know how to do magic it just it's just it's like it's you know it's as easy as breathing for him to do these little simple things but when it comes down to actually casting a spell he's i don't think he's ever done it before yeah he's never he's never done anything on purpose which is what we're going to see him try to yeah. practice doing uh, well i guess we saw him like cleaning the magic cleaning this stuff but even that's yeah, kind of he's feels done like, stuff on purpose yeah, so he's but done it's still it's like this is this is a whole different always, thing though. yeah yeah it's always the kind of like slowing things down to to stop a thing from falling or move a thing over it's usually it's the, that physical stuff but mm. but this is a little bit this is next level this is level two level two spell this is transfiguration statue yeah into yeah 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 um, we get a brief glimpse over at Morgana, who is having nightmares, uh, where she sees uh, Arthur kind of falling in the fight. <laughs> um, no, keep going. She she wakes up and uh, is obviously disturbed by this vision. Uh, goes to goes to the window because when Morgana is disturbed, it's either curtains or just an empty window. Uh, and when she looks uh-huh. out the window, uh-huh. we see just Arthur practicing by himself in the dark. <laughs> Um, what's what's he listening to? What's he's, like a hole. Okay, oh, he's he's on the Nine Inch Nails trade too. Okay, so he's just yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, Merlin continues to try to cast the spell. It doesn't work, uh, and eventually he gives up and he goes to see Arthur. Um, and he begs Arthur to withdraw. And here's a little character development for you that I liked a whole lot. Uh, Arthur refuses, even though he believes Merlin. Still, he's like, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but if I if I withdraw, then I will be seen as a coward, and that's a blemish on my honor. And even if I died, I, I won't die a coward. Like, I'm not going to do that. Um, showing that, like, whatever kind of silly, fancy prince, uh, joke, joker boy exterior, there's like a there's there's a little bit of iron in him. There's a little bit of steel in him where he has, he has a sense of honor and duty. Um, and, yeah, I think that's why, like, even though it's the smart thing to do is not to go fight the dude with the magic shield. I think that's why like Arthur refuses is because he has that concept of duty and honor, even though mm-hmm. we don't see that in like the fresh Prince of Camelot Bel Air exterior. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, at this point, finally, I think sinking in for Merlin for the first time and, and for the audience that Arthur recognizes the peril. Now that he's like maybe cooled off a little bit, 
he he's he's not saying like I think you lied to me, Merlin. He is thinking as Merlin implores with him, like, dude, you know, you're gonna get eaten by shield snakes. Um, you know, he's been starving them for for mice all afternoon, and now they really want to eat you. Mm-hmm. That's not a good situation to find yourself in. Um, but he, our, our, we leave we leave Arthur with him knowing there's a huge chance he's gonna die, um, but he would rather die than not go through with it. And yes. I think that that shows like the kind of very toxic relationship he's got with, with Uther. <laughs> but then his own his own concept of like of honor and duty and yes. yeah. uh and, and obligation and he talks about you know obviously the the whole if people think that i'm a coward and won't go out and fight then how can they believe in me um imagine having a leader who thought like that i oh, know um, yeah, absolutely <laughs> so you know he he knows that he he has an obligation as prince he has all this privilege and he has um the, the prestige of, of being who he is, but he also knows that that comes with responsibility and obligation. Um, and he's not willing to accept one without the other. So you got to give him some props for that. Indeed. Absolutely. Uh, Merlin goes back to the lab, continues his work on the dog spell. It doesn't work. Uh, Arthur takes a brief visit to the arena before the tourney and just his like plain clothes and just like, just kind of looking around all moody, definitely doing a little head like a hole <laughs> action in the, in the background. Um, he goes back to his room and we see his new squire kind of dressing him and not doing a very good job uh, when Morgana arrives and is like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll take over the, from this. Um, yeah. And you can tell she's kind of battling this internal battle of, well, I don't know what I saw was true. I don't know if that was just like general anxiety, um, but I don't necessarily, like I want to tell him, but also I don't want him to think that I'm a freak. Uh, so yeah. instead she just kind of is like, Hey, good luck out there. And then she just fades back into those curtains. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's time to Wake me up. <laughs> uh, the music playing again is amazing. The soundtrack is on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the whole soundtrack or not, but it's, there's yeah. a good, good, good chunk of it. And it's all great. Um, um yeah, and it's consistently great throughout, and I have occasionally just listened to it, throwing it on the background while reading or something. Yeah. Um, it's 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 fun. It's a fun uh, soundtrack. Arthur stalks into the arena uh, to face Valiant, who is there waiting for him. Uh, the crowd roars. Uh, it's time to start the fight. The eye zooms, Chris. I love this so much. It's a, it's great. It's it's like a like a spaghetti western kind of thing. The camera zooms into their into like a frontal view of their helmet, and it's just they're just staring at each other with with ang- anger and and like they're just ready to fight. Because um, now you know there's the facade is kind of gone a little yeah. bit. Like Valiant's of course keeping it up for for Uther, but like he he's here to they they know now. Arthur knows this dude's trying to kill him, and Valiant knows that Arthur knows. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to Merlin who creates a dog. Um, yeah. And doesn't realize it at first until the dog basically almost eats him alive. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny. He's just like, Oh, okay. I figured it out. That did it. I could do it now. I've, I've unlocked the spell. So he immediately just runs out of his room, blazes past Gaius. Who's like, what is going on? And Merlin's like, okay, I'm going to go save Arthur, but don't open my door. I'll deal with that when I get back. <laughs> and of course, immediately, Gaius goes to open the door and is, conf- and is just, and he, and just k- killed by a, a giant St. Bernard. Like, RIP <laughs> Gaius. We'll never see him again. Uh. Um, back to the fight. Uh, this is going pretty well for Arthur. Uh, there's a really cool moment where Arthur knocks Valiant's helmet off. Um, and the crowd kind of stops. Everybody holds their breath. And Arthur... Uh, does the knightly thing i think again i'm learning a lot about knights i don't actually mm-hmm, know what knight mm-hmm. it is but uh he takes his own helmet off 
um, yeah. to, to put them back on an even playing field. And boy, does the crowd love this. This is the good yeah. shit right here. We love a chivalrous king. Actually, well, chivalrous prince. But um, yes. yeah, we, we love it. We love to see it. Uh, Valiant immediately takes advantage of this and just knocks Arthur in the face with a shield. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, like, he loses his sword and he's all, and almost dies. Like, and I don't know really what, like, Valiant's trying to do here because, like, killing Arthur, I don't think would make him win the tournament. Like, I think, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they never yeah, give maybe, him the backstory. Like, I don't know if we were going to find out later. Maybe that's what the snakes are for? Maybe that's what the snakes are for? Where it's but like... But even then, like, if Arthur dies, like, Uther's not going to be like, he, yeah, come stay in Camelot. You're the dude that may have killed my, my son. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's supposed to make it look like an accident, right? Sure. Like, oh, no. Yeah. You know, I just knocked him out. But And then, you know, it's... But at this point, it's just, I mean, he just wants to kill the dude and it's not going to go well for him. So I can, I don't know if it's maybe it's addressed at any other point, but no, he's just, he's just a dude who wants to kill Arthur. And I I guess that's that. And that's enough. That's enough. Revenge plot. Like last episode, he just wants to kill Arthur. Um, Arthur manages to squirrel his way out of the way. He doesn't have a sword and he's trying to like kind of, you know, fend off blows at the same time. I guess maybe now... He wants to kill Arthur, whereas before maybe the snake thing was his assurance because gotcha. he didn't think he could win otherwise. Oh, okay. Um, but now it's personal. But now it's like, well, he knows he knows that I've done all this stuff, so I have to kill him to, gotcha. to keep my secret safe. I don't know. Oh, who cares? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, what does matter is that Merlin takes this opportunity to do some sneaky spell work. Uh, we're oh, going to yeah. see we're going to see Merlin doing this a lot during fights. Uh, so I, f- I find this very amusing. Um, he casts the spell that he's been practicing all day. The snakes pop out of the shield where everybody can see. Um, uh, there's a really cool moment. Everybody's gasping. Uther is horrified. Uh, Arthur is like standing in front of the snakes and almost like <clears throat> baiting them. Like he's almost trying to like poke them in mm-hmm. the eye or something. It's really, it's a really funny like scene. Um, that thing is just because of the CGI and the way they filmed this stuff. Like they really didn't know. Like yeah. the, he probably yeah. wasn't like, he was just acting towards nothing. So it just looks a little weird. Uh, but Morgana is the is the hero of the day when she t- when she just pulls a sword out of her dress, which is the most evanescent <laughs> oh, thing you thought, could ever do. <laughs> I thought she just stole the sword from the guard sitting next to her. Oh, I just I didn't even see where the sword came from. I just no, no, assumed no, it came from the it came from the folds of her. Yeah, <laughs> of her like dress. she yeah. has she has that dope purple dress on, and she just pulled yeah. a fucking sword out of it like she's a goddamn elf in Lord of the Rings. Like whatever is looking at her, like what? <laughs> uh, she tosses Arthur the sword, which is which he uses to quickly kill the snakes uh and then like they kind of fight back and forth but arthur just very quickly kills valiant too and as valiant is dying arthur leans over whispers guess you're not going to the fees after all (laughs) 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 fucking got him arthur is this the first is this the first life you've taken arthur (laughs) (laughs) it can't be right we gotta unpack that it can't be it can't be no 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 no. just you don't get invited to the you don't come up with a line like that on your first no no you've been even planning that he's been planning that since he got made a fool of in front of uther yeah yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. crowd goes wild everybody loves this we cut over to the feast uh everybody is celebrating arthur uh and then there's this exchange between morgana and arthur because of course he's leading you know he's escorting morgana to the the thing which was one of the prizes and she says, you know, is Uther going to apologize? And he's like, absolutely not. Like, that's I'm not even not even going to try. Like, they call him the Ripper for a reason. It's because he doesn't yep. apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Morgana kind of makes a little joke and is like, well, it's not every day that a lady gets to save her prince. And Arthur's like, 
uh, excuse me? What are you talking yeah. about? He's like, yeah, you didn't, I don't think you saved me. And she's like, you just don't want to admit that you were saved by a girl. And he's like, I don't have a problem admitting that I was saved by a girl, except I wasn't saved. I, I did everything myself. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, just give the girl credit for like, you know, yeah, you, you, you dropped me the sword. Like, you were there. Like, you were there in my time of need. But like, you didn't kill a snake. You didn't kill a snake shield. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I did that. See, Arthur, Arthur doesn't realize that she had written lyrics on that blade earlier. That was kind of, that was like an art project. That, yeah, she didn't absolutely. bring that, she didn't yeah. bring that to give to Arthur. She, that was kind of just like a personal thing. She was writing, you know, yeah. essence lyrics on, on the blade. Uh, and then suddenly having to give that up, it had greater significance to her. It was, it was quite the gesture. And he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not picking up on that. Excalibur is a lot less of a um, cool story when you realize Morgana was writing poems on swords and throwing them into lakes yeah. just by the hundreds. <laughs> like this was just her thing. <laughs> Morgana is a woman in her 20s, or, or I guess maybe they're, you know, late teens, whatever. I don't know how old they're supposed to be in the show. Uh, I imagine her as a woman in her, her late 20s who does a very cool thing. She looks very cool all the time. She's got mm-hmm. a, a dress sword hidden in there. But she also sometimes has the mentality of like, a uh, fourteen-year-old like emo girl, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, absolutely. Like loves Tim Burton and mm-hmm. Evanescence, and like, uh, just she just can't quite shake that aspect of her, and that's where the curtains come into play. One hundred percent. She has to wrap herself up in the curtain and the poetry and then, swords. Like, I mean, like the poetry Gwen, swords. Gwen, bring me my ink and bring me my spare yeah. sword, and then find me a lake we haven't been in. in. <laughs> like, I've got to, I got to go do my thing. And Gwen is like, "This is the weirdest fucking habit. This yeah. is the weirdest hobby. Why do and you do this? Who reads the swords? I don't understand." Yeah. <laughs> Gwen doesn't know Arthur super well yet, and then she, later on, when she, you know they all become better friends and everything, she'll get to know Arthur, and she realizes like, oh no, he's kind of the same. He's kind of the same guy. He's, <laughs> he's always out in the moonlight doing his choreographed sword attacks. Like, Screw you, Dad. Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, Arthur walks over to Merlin uh, and says that he made a mistake uh, and. And firing Merlin, he wants him back. Uh, and Merlin is is very happy about this until Arthur, of course, gives him a whole list of chores because uh, we got it in the episode on a joke. Uh, it's... I love that the way that Arthur comes over to Merlin. He's kind of like, can you believe what she just said? Like he, he's yeah, such yeah, a, absolutely. <laughs> like this, like he just got you know into an argument with his girlfriend or whatever. Obviously, they're, they're not. It's not his girlfriend, uh, but it's that kind of situation. He immediately goes over to his buddy to be like, can you believe this? I'm right, you know. It's just like. The, the friendship just feels so casual and so there right from the very beginning. And then you got to remember, like, they're not, like, they're kind of not friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's the end of the episode. Uh, Merlin does a thing where they preview the next episode in this one. Um, and I just wrote, next up, water demons? Because <laughs> that's what yeah. it looked like to me. <laughs> sewage, tr- sewage trouble? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sewage problems. Infrastructure issues. Yeah. Um, but that's the episode. And I think, like, yeah. Chris, like we've talked about, I think this is a really important episode for getting to know our characters a little bit more, specifically providing a lot of characterization for Arthur, showing that he has a lot more depth than you would have thought from episode one, um, showing the, the kind of... Uh, push-pull relationship that Uther and Arthur have specifically and then of course like it's it's introducing this I this combative relationship between uh, Arthur and Merlin where it's like I feel like he's gonna fire him at the end in every episode and Merlin's gonna get in his good graces again um, <laughs> yeah. which as you mentioned is kind of frustrating when you're like watching these back-to-back and expecting like a character growth arc like we would get with I think some more modern shows but uh, it, that feels like it almost gets reset from time to time, which is kind of a bummer, but the episodes are generally mm. so much fun that it doesn't really matter that much. Um, yeah. And they, they pack a lot into like the last three or four episodes of a season. Like that's, that's when a lot of that stuff will, will a lot of big changes are made. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what'd you think? Yeah. Uh, love this episode. Really fun to be watching Merlin. 
Um, and it's it's uh, I'm really looking forward to go see what's going on with the sewage problem. Yeah, got to get into the sewage problem. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We mentioned it at the top. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash monster of the week. You can get episodes of this podcast early. You can get access to a bunch of content that's exclusive for our patrons. Um, you can also uh, get access to our Discord and hang out with the community, which is really, really a fun place to hang out and a cool spot to be. Uh, you can also please, please leave ratings and reviews everywhere that you can. We're a new podcast. That stuff is really, really important at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like that's what every single podcaster I've ever met have told me. I have no proof of that. Nobody's ever said, yeah, yeah. Like I, everyone left me a review, and now I'm, you know, I think I'm a McElroy brother the, now. <laughs> like the I've never seen review, the proof. <laughs> the more reviews you have, I think it's supposed to. It helps with visibility. Yeah. Um, you, you come up sooner uh-huh. in searches and stuff like that. So. Uh, it really does help for, for new people to find the show and, and helps it grow. And um, that's always very important, right at, especially right at the very beginning. Um, if you're looking at your uh, playtime right now and you're new to the, the podcast and you're wondering, hey, why is there still like 30 minutes left? It's because <laughs> after we talk about it, I can't remember if we said it last week, but we after we no. talk about an episode, we do what we call the outtakes, which is just us rambling about whatever when we first get on the mic. And rather than subjecting you to that at the beginning, we throw it at the end of the episode. Yeah. So um, we want to all, uh, all, 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 I was going to do a filler thing, but I forgot what the opposite of filler is. Uh, all thriller at the beginning and the filler yeah. at the back. Uh, filler at the end. Definitely so listen to some of that stuff. It's to. not it's yeah. not important for our Merlin conversation, um, but it's just, you know, me and Chris kind of goofing off and having a good time. And sometimes some, some memes are created. Sometimes some jokes are created that work themselves into the main episode. So it's fun. Uh, yeah. You can look through the show notes and find all of our links on Twitter. Uh, Come follow us in all those places. We would appreciate it. And we'll be back next week with episode three of Merlin. Sewage Problems. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm a guy. I just just got on my uh, on the microphone. You, um, you realize the call right now. You, you realize I've been recording, so like they'll hear this uh, whole exchange, hey, right? Hey, <laughs> what's going on? Hey, what's up? They'll just hear it. Uh, It'll just be a normal. You thing. can't. Okay, that's that conversation was far too boring to be putting on episode two of a new podcast. <laughs> People will go, "Why the fuck did they keep this in?" When we're on episode fifty, you go, oh, "All right, yeah, all right, I'm used yeah, to that's their fine, bullshit." That's fine. Still, cool, cool, cool. It's hard to remember that we're on episode two and not episode uh, two hundred and seventy. I right? wrote, I wrote like a whole bit for not it wasn't it wasn't a whole bit it wasn't like a it wasn't like the werewolf fan fiction for the for the road so far mm-hmm. that it did on monster of the week um but i had i had kind of put in some stuff into my previously on segment okay and i was like you know what let's just pump the brakes a little bit that's right up front you know <laughs> and it's not like it, it isn't that funny it's just me sort of calling things weird names uh-huh, uh-huh. so let's let's maybe let's dial it back just a just a tiny bit and we'll save those comments for when we're in the flow of things because you, you got to remember there's new people there's here. new people, new people who, yeah yeah there's people who, that don't, i mean i mean i hope there's new people here god god help <laughs> us if there's not any new people i mean if we just brought the entire supernatural fandom along with us i think that would be great too uh, i think that if the supernatural fandom all collectively gathered together to watch Merlin. They'd uh-huh. be a lot happier. Although you said that you've seen you've seen some kind of like some some toxic stuff out there, some dangerous stuff. And of course every fandom's got that. Um but Supernatural, you know, it's it's a heavy show. I haven't, I a haven't lot of I have not seen just to just to clarify, I have not seen any toxic fandoms uh in Merlin yet. I have been told okay. that there were some toxic fandoms and I don't wanna I don't want to speculate uh just in case like maybe that was just a 
an exaggeration or maybe just like one experience mm-hmm. or whatever because I'm hearing it secondhand. Um, and this I is was, a, I mean, I'd, I'd like to find a, a fandom that didn't have any. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Do you remember like when, our favorite uh, things? Do you remember when they Go like ahead. ran off one of the Steven Universe artists for quote unquote queer baiting? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that was the most wholesome show that ever fucking existed, and it was so great and, and beautiful. And they still and like fans still managed to harass it out of existence. Almost yep. being a, um, I think being a Lord of the Rings fan, you see a lot of, uh, you see a lot of racism, <laughs> uh, yeah. in in all sorts of weird ways because there's the there's the the crowd that is like, oh, Tolkien is very racist, which I'm sure these there's wrote the hobbit 1937 i assume everyone was was probably racist in 1937 um and then you have all the people who argue that he wasn't racist and then they'll say a bunch of racist stuff when they say that and it's like okay all right guys let's let's maybe maybe figure it out so anytime any new lord of the rings thing comes out uh there's always a lot of a lot of the fangs come out with them um and by fangs i mean racism uh (laughs) Yeah, with, uh, Dark Souls, you know, and I are obviously big Dark Souls uh, fans. Mm-hmm. Every time that uh, Twitter tries to recommend me to like follow that topic, which is a, a great way to see like cool fan art and stuff mm-hmm. that I wouldn't otherwise like come across. Mm-hmm. It's also a great way to hate things that you love. To hate gamers, <laughs> because, absolutely. Yep. Because gamers are, game. I mean, gamers of all, of all kinds are, are very evil, um, which is a shame because then you like you see, especially with the Dark Souls community, uh, episode two. We're already talking about Dark Souls, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> it didn't take long at all. You see, like <laughs> I mean, you've you've recorded with so many people that are just like these wonderful, genuine, creative people, uh-huh. or just like, super passionate people who are who are absolute love, absolutely lovely. They want to help people along, learning the game and all that stuff. And it, it so I I came into it from just like oh i'm a i'm a person who plays video games and i also really enjoy dark souls and then finding my way to that this corner of the community and i just sort of thought like oh everybody who likes dark souls is like a good person <laughs> <laughs> and then twitter being like uh-uh no <laughs> try again chief. absolutely not um yeah i think anything you know this is this is a podcast about a fantasy show right like we're dealing with like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. kings and knights and dragons and things like that and for whatever reason like the whites are very protective of the fantasy stuff. Yeah. Where like, yeah. I, I've always thought, and this is this is pretty hackneyed material for the internet nowadays. But like the idea that you can't have like th- there were no black people in Game of Thrones. Like when that was going yeah, around for have, a while. <laughs> like I was just you like have magic, but what? you can't have black people. Is <laughs> yeah. that really the issue here? Uh, you, that dude has a flaming sword, and a person that like has dark skin has no place on this show. Um, yeah. yeah. So one of the reasons I'm glad I was watching watching Merlin today, and um, it, like obviously. Gwen is a person of color uh and mm. like even and there's not like a lot of main cast that are uh you know people of color but the the crowds and everything like they it seems like a, a real mixed race um yeah like like crowd. an actual population it, yeah it seems like an actual like realistic quote-unquote population and i'm just you know you just always get kind of you're just always happy to see any form of representation especially when you're dealing with a show from 2009 and earlier mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah no it's, it's very nice it's very nice um because yeah. you don't yeah especially with with fantasy you tend not to get that um the Lord of the Rings stuff. To, you know, uh, I don't follow any Lord of the Rings stuff on TikTok, but mm-hmm. it pops up. Like, there's a couple of like hardcore lore guys, um, and yeah, they have all the ones that are presented to me have all proven themselves to be like really, really cool people, and like singling people out in their comments. And like, you were the dumbest motherfucker alive. <laughs> like, if you don't think there could be an elf yeah. that's black, you were the dumbest idiot I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And so, and I always see this stuff, and I and I'm su- surprised 
And then at the same time, it's like not surprised because it's like the white privilege of not having to see this kind of stuff when everybody's like, oh, orcs are racist or the goblins, they mean this and they're racist. Mm -hmm. And I've always been like, whoa, I always just saw them as monsters and not people. I didn't ever take them as representations as any people. And I always want to believe that like that innocent part of myself is always like, well, that's the author didn't want it to be, um, you know, an Asian stereotype. They just meant for it to be this monster. But it's like, I mean, I don't know that. (laughs) I don't actually know that just because I, I grew up with fantasy. So Mm -hmm. I completely have separated these monsters from reality and from real people. Um, but like maybe Tolkien didn't, (laughs) Yeah, like they, exactly. They didn't have yeah. a lot of fantasy before him, so or like the uh, I don't, the, the, I don't the Dungeons and Dragon thing, where like they always cast like specific races as quote unquote evil, um, and those races always have like common mm. common themes and stuff in common with people of color or you know the Jewish people or whatever, and you just start. You know, as a white kid growing up, like I didn't have access to the breadth of knowledge that I do now. So, like, I was just entirely uneducated on this stuff. So, to me, like, I was just like you, of like, oh, it's a monster. Like, it's just a monster. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you, and then you read someone with like a fucking just a little bit of intelligence, write some, write an article about it. You're like, oh, yeah, maybe we should be careful about that stuff. Maybe that's a reason <laughs> that you should have, you know, a Jewish person in the room when you're, when you're writing about, you know, <laughs> I was about to go off on a fucking uh, yeah. Harry Potter I, all, rant, but all let's, I not. Say, let's not. <laughs> all I know I could say is um, Tolkien at least was publicly anti-fascist. He didn't like the Nazis at yeah. least. Yeah. Also, like, it's it's one of those things where, uh, I mean, we were talking in the Discord earlier um, just about, like, the, the use of language, how it changes over the years, and how, you know, as you get older, it's more and more difficult to change your brain patterns and to, to change stuff. Um, and, like, you know, it, it, it took me a while to stop using the R slur just because when I was a kid, like that was just a casual thing. It's the same, oh, yeah. ar- it's the same oh, argument yeah. you hear. Like people say, well, I said the F slur my entire life. So I don't, th- I, we just meant it as like, dude. And like, a no, you didn't. And B yeah, like, a, you just have to change that and see like, why are you I don't, it literally this? like, it, that's like <laughs> you're, if you just go, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's it. That's then literally like, all you have to do. <laughs> like, we grew up on South Park as 11-year-old boys right oh, around yeah. saying the word. I, yeah. I remember in third grade, maybe, I was running around trying to be funny, and I kept calling people, like, pig fuckers or something like that. Okay, yeah. I, I had no idea what that could have meant. I just knew, like, oh, that's that's a bad word. It's got yeah. pig in it. So, like, that was the beginning of, like, and, and, and I just didn't get it. I just didn't get it, and everybody used any, like, everybody called everything gay. Um, and it's just like, nobody thought about that at all until I didn't, I probably didn't think about it until like eighth grade when this kid that I was friends with, like he came out to everybody and I was like, huh, wait, maybe it sucks that everybody just throws the word gay around. I read a, um, maybe this makes him feel bad. I read an anecdote, uh, around the time that all of the uh, Dave Chappelle controversy was happening. Um, Will Wheaton wrote uh, an article about, um, an experience that he had as, as a as a young boy um where he was super into hockey and i'm probably gonna get some of these details wrong so like forgive me but the, the main the main gist of this argument will be here um but he he also like you know using the f slur to describe gay people like that was how him and his friends talked to one another or whatever like he was using that um and so it's some sort of hockey situation and i don't remember quite how it came down he ended up like either on a team or like with this team of hockey players um and then like one 
done and he was super stoked and it was one of the best days of his life and he he said something like he he used the f slur like uh, not even like referring to anybody uh, but just like used it and like the whole team stopped <laughs> like everybody on the team stopped yeah. and like he was he immediately understood that he had did, done something wrong and was mortified and like a guy like approached him and was like do you do you have do you, do you know what that word means? <laughs> and of course, your instinct is to like, oh yeah, of course, I have t- I have tons of gay friends or whatever. Um, and he was just mortified, and like that was the defining experience of his life of like, oh, that's the reason Dave Chappelle shouldn't say these shitty things in his stand up is because it teaches people that it's okay to say those things when it's absolutely not. And like, should Dave Chappelle be allowed to say everything? Yeah, say whatever the fuck you want sure. to, but also yeah, like be called out about it, and and like you know yeah. know that you will be called a shitty person when you're shitting on people with, you know, l- that are less powerful than yourself. Uh, but I always thought that was a really like just it just popping it out in front of someone, not realizing like oh there's like three gay guys on this hockey team that I was idolizing ten minutes ago, like I was having the best day of my life, and then I, now they think I am the world's worst person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well that's part of growing up being a uh, privileged person I but, you guess. Know, just learning just learning, learning the things that are bad and just, learning just that absolutely things absolutely learning and there's reasons why you shouldn't say things um it's, and not just don't tell me what you what i can and can't say man yeah like well i'm not but you should know yeah. what you're saying is wrong <laughs> and, and you should if you know don't know that that's is. on you brother that's yeah. on you and you should recognize how harmful it is. Like, if you want to continue to use those words, okay. Like, I'm not going to stop you from doing it, but I will stop myself from listening to you. Like, I, will, I won't consume mm-hmm. any of your media. I'm not going to buy your tickets. I'm not going to listen to your CDs. I'm not going to listen to your podcast or whatever. Um, I don't know why we're patting ourselves on the back for this conversation. I love just... to pat myself on the back on episode two of a new podcast. Yeah, Hi, this is everyone. all great stuff. This is all the comedy you could expect from Chris I want you to know yeah. that I'm a brilliant, shining diamond of a person. This is going um, to, um, this is what's going to happen is we're going to release this and it's going to be a new feed. So we're going to be like, and make sure you listen to the outtakes. There's always funny stuff in the outtakes. And then episode two is just us going, you know what's bad on the internet? Dave Chappelle. You know, what would make, you know why you guys should like us? <laughs> you know why we're good? Oh Lord, uh, you've been uh, you've been you've been doing any video games lately? Uh, uh, why is this such a hard question to answer? Uh, no, I mean I guess I'm just so I've been playing uh I've been playing a million different games. Yeah, you taught you just described a bunch for... of JRPGs to me recently. Have you finished any of your JRPGs? Yeah. I haven't. Do you know how long it takes to finish a JRPG with my attention span? Ten. Apparently, hours, it takes fifteen years. hours. Like whenever, whenever like a new Final Fantasy comes out, I find that I'm able to completely focus in on it. Any other game, no matter how much I love it or how excited about it I am, it takes me a very long time. Yeah. Every time I play Trails of Cold Steel, it takes me the whole year to beat it. I finished. Uh, no one. Nobody beats the world. Nobody saves the world. Uh, and that showed Perfect. me my clock time of like 35 hours. And I'm like, yeah. Was that when I was actually holding the controller, though? Because <laughs> I think a yeah, lot of yeah, that yeah. was with the controller set on, on the coffee table while I was looking at my phone. <laughs> like, there's, uh, I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2 a lot. And I've been playing that game since 2018, uh, on and off. And I had to restart it. And then every time I pick it back up, I've forgotten all of these like interesting systems that the game has. Uh, and then I'll play for two hours, finally remember that system, be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, even now, like, even last night, I'm, like, approaching the final battle, and I just figured something out that I was like, oh, that's, everything would be way easier if I had been doing that for the last 35 hours. Sweet, cool, excellent. Um, and, you know, I'm not, like, disinterested in the story, but because I've broken it up so much, every time a cutscene comes on, I'm like, oh. Who the fuck I was is this like, guy? <laughs> I was kind of, like, in it, like, because the, the game has a ton of side quests and a ton of... Um, 
like upgrades you can do and you can really fall into the gameplay loop of of hunting down certain monsters to upgrade things and finding these different items doing quests so like there's a there's a fun loop there uh and tracking things down is a lot of fun and i'll throw a podcast on while i just go around this huge world and explore and, and do things um and then it comes down to doing the main story and i'm like well now i gotta pause my podcast and i gotta kind of like <laughs> stop playing for 15 minutes to watch this cutscene. um and so so that's what ends up slowing me down is i i you know i stay away from those cutscenes for a little while just so i can keep playing like physically playing the game and not have to take a break uh and then i'll save it okay all right tomorrow when i start up I'll, I'll walk right into that cutscene and, and I'll continue on. Uh, so then I save it and then five days go by because I'm like, ah, I just, I want to pick it up and play it. I don't, I don't want to watch the cutscene, which is so stupid. <laughs> it's like, and I do want to see what happens, but you know, you got to be in the right mindset for it. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine so. I, I can't, I don't know that I could, I'm going to be able to do a JRPG without like a drastic change in the way that I focus on the media. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm just not going to be able to do it. Like some, the, if it involves a lot of people talking, uh, it's no, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, like a hard no on Trails of Cold Steel. Yeah, like can't, it's, can't do it. That, that one is one of my favorite ones, mm-hmm. but it's also one that's extremely difficult for me to play because it is so much dialogue. And that's, I mean, if, if you love that kind of thing and if you have a great attention span, you're going to get sucked in. But um, when you're, you know, uh, when you have brain rot... <laughs> it's difficult <laughs> it is difficult just to stay off your goddamn phone you did you told me a long time ago that you were trying to like put your phone out of your immediate hand grab area yeah yeah, yeah. um and i've 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 tried to do that um several times and um it it works uh until i like get up to use the bathroom and i'm like oh let me take my phone with me and then i forget to put it out of my reach again like addicted mm-hmm. to that that stupid stupid yeah, small screen I, well today I, i've been getting so overwhelmed by everything and episode two i'm gonna let everyone know that we're um shining beacons of uh, morality <laughs> and also that i have anxiety problems yes. um uh yeah i i i've been getting so overwhelmed and so stressed out sort of for no reason but i think it's that kind of buildup of you know, we've been in a pandemic for two years and it radically changed everybody's lives. Um, and things have shifted around. And I feel like I never really pulled myself out of the funk that that started to develop in that first year of, you know, being home all the time, never seeing anyone. Um, never pulled myself out of that and then becoming more and more addicted to my phone, literally never taking a break for it except for when I'm asleep. And the first thing I do when I wake up is look at my phone. The last thing I did before I go to bed is look at my phone. Like, that's mm-hmm. not good. Um, and so today I was trying to do a bunch of stuff with work. Um, and my phone started going off and then some other thing I remembered I had to do came up and I was actually, was trying to watch Merlin in a minute. And then, <laughs> so I was like, I, I like freaked out and I keep having that reaction of like freaking out about my phone and getting really overwhelmed and not knowing what to do. And I think the thing to do is to step away. So I turned my phone off for an hour, which I don't like doing. Cause it's like, what if know, an emergency? I'm untethered from the world. Yeah. That's the only way that like anyone can reach me is, is through my phone. If there's an emergency, you can't, nobody can reach me. Um, but I'm like, I, I got to just let go. I got to just let go. And I did. And when the hour was over, then I was ready to turn my phone back on. I actually did feel a bit calmer and a bit more relaxed, um, even if, even after just one hour. But the first thing I did after turning my phone off was on my laptop. I was like, you know, what? I want to I'll use Apple Music. So let me listen to music on my laptop instead of on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I couldn't remember my login. <laughs> So I was like, like, oh, let me check, let me check, let me my, check phone my password not... on my phone. Oh, 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 oh. And then, like, <laughs> the haptics on your phone don't work at all when you're when it's off. It's weird, um, right? Like, that's a, it's, it's such so a weird, weird thing when you try to pick it up and, like, you don't, you can't, it doesn't It's move. like a dead yeah. animal. Yeah, it's so strange. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It's really weird. 
um, so the um, yeah, I, I immediately was like, I needed my phone, and then I just went to YouTube. Um, I was like, I'll just listen to music here. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it was it was good to take a break, and I think I'm gonna try and do that more often. Do you think um, you're? Uh, just, do you think the the anxiety, like the ratcheting up, is just like? Do you think the phone part of it is just like more stuff like that you have to think about, that you have to acknowledge, that you have to recognize, that you have to respond yeah, to? That, yeah, like, I, I'm just... not. I'm not ever like just doing one thing at a time. Even with when I put on music, I was like, maybe I should just like sit here and like focus on work and be silent. And um, I'm sure meditation is is probably good. I don't ever do that. Um, I just always I've always got something going. And when I think back, I've had the notification like dopamine hit since I was like 14. Uh, whenever my f- friend forced me to create a MySpace in eighth grade, um, and you know, we you'd get a comment, and I would I would check MySpace all the time whenever I could get to the computer, and then using instant messengers just to like you know that constant like feedback, and then texting, and then texting became a smartphone, <laughs> and then the smartphone became social media, always in my pocket all the time, uh, and then I have all these games that I check daily, and I'm addicted to, and like. All of these little things that build up over and over and over, and they stack year upon year upon year. And in in the past, I was out at work or I'd go out and do things, but now I'm just kind of home the majority of the time, Mm -hmm. looking at my phone the majority of the time. Um, And I think, you know, when I'm also not managing other aspects of my life in the healthiest way, you know, my anxiety, having all the the notifications and all that other stuff just starts to kind of like compound everything and just. Un- untying that cord for a little bit and just kind of floating free from it was was very refreshing. I um I've often thought uh about converting because I need my phone for work stuff, right? Um, but it's getting to the point where like I'm if I'm watching a TV show like I'm just on Twitter the the entire time and I'm you know mm-hmm. I, in my head I'm paying attention to both right. Um, until four days goes by and I start like Punisher episode 12 and I'm like, why, why is he punishing yeah. folks? I mean, like yeah. <laughs> I know generally why he's punishing folks, but why is he, why is he punishing these folks? I don't really, um, yeah. and I think I've, I've kind of thought about like, what if instead of like, like having like a work phone that is, you know, that the, the iPhone or whatever, like the thing that it can do all of the functionality. And then like for other times, just have like, just go back to a fucking like flip phone, man. Like with mm-hmm. no apps, no, no ability to, to do Nokia, anything. Nokia, dude. Just get, get the fucking chirp. Nokia get that chirp 61, si- 5160. Get that snake V1 on there. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man, that's the good shit. Um, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know because at the same time, like Twitter's fun. <laughs> like as much as it's a exactly. evil yeah, time yeah. suck, like yeah. or Discord. Like Discord is probably my biggest time suck right now. Is just you know being active across several Discords uh, and 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 hanging out and talking to people. It's a lot of fun. Like it's it's like mm-hmm. you have pocket friends as we've always called them, and it's you know it just consumes my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, episode two. What's up, guys? Yeah. What's up with the what's up with episode two? What's going should on? Should we should we talk about Merlin? Okay. Let's do that. <clears throat> um. Let me get one second. My contact is really, really dry. Okay. I need to go fix it because it's going to irritate the crap out of me all upset. I'll be back in one second. I love it. Sorry. You're good. I'm, uh... I have more contacts since I was 12, and I don't know why today it's, 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 there's a problem. It happens. Ever since getting, doing Lasix, my eyes get dry. Um, so I, like, I wake up in the morning um, and just immediately rush immediately immediately rush to the bathroom to get the little special because you have to have special eye drops i can't just use fucking normal eye drops anymore like a normal person i have to i have to use special expensive eye drops 
Chris, did you know you could get Chinese dumplings delivered to your door? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Jess and I order sushi and stuff all the time. <laughs> oh well, I meant like like to like you can you can have them frozen delivered to your house and then you could warm them up oh. anytime. Oh. It's more of oh. what I was talking about. We got a great sushi place like five minute walk from my house. Mm. Um, but when I'm feeling like I absolutely do not want to leave, get that shit delivered. Although I feel bad because like. One of the times it was like like we would go to this place all the time before the pandemic, um, and we'd have like the same you know waitress all the time and talk to her. And one time she delivered our food, and I was like, "Wait, <laughs> they don't have anybody else to do this? I feel bad making you come and <laughs> yeah. deliver the food." I know you. What are you doing? I was like, "Wait, <laughs> I thought you guys had like a specific. Is he off today? I would have come in and gotten it. I'm sorry." <laughs> I uh, yeah, that's always very funny. I'm really mad. Um, I may have told you this. My sisters are coming in town this weekend. We had the we were gonna all meet up and um, have some pizza. And because of diet stuff, not really even diet stuff, but just because of you know, I haven't had pizza in a long time. Let's just say that. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. mainly focused on the pizza part of this relationship, and not necessarily as much on the sisters. Um, and then I fucking just totally forgot that it's Mardi Gras. Like oh yeah, so like, and I was like, because I was making plans with them last night, and then Autumn was like, "Isn't downtown gonna be closed?" And I was like, "For what?" She goes, "Mardi Gras." And I'm like, "It's a fucking pandemic. Like the restaurant shouldn't yeah. even be open right Whoa. now. Why are we having Mardi Gras?" So what's the what's the, what's the fate of this pizza? Oh, that's it's gone. I cannot have the pizza on Saturday. <laughs> like I, I will can have you, to. Can you get the? Wow. Yeah. What about just maybe get like a cheeky little pizza for yourself. That's like, what like, is going to happen. Yeah, I'm just waiting. Excellent. Like I think Autumn has to be out of town at some point next weekend, next week, and I'm just going to. And I'm not. Here's the thing that um, get watch, some pizza and play Elden Ring. Oh, dude, what? What? Um, pizza and beer and Elden Ring? What the hell? Here, but here's dude. the thing. Like normally, if Autumn was out of town and I wanted pizza, I'd be like, oh fuck it, I'm just gonna order Domino's, and I know it's a trash pizza, but I'm gonna eat it anyway. Uh, no, 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 no. That is not happening anymore. If I get one pizza every couple of months, I'm, I'm making sure it's a good fucking pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta go all in on it. Anyway, sorry. I know I've told you this a thousand times, but the weekend that Dark Souls 2 came out, Steve came over. He brought his PS3 and his TV. We ordered one pizza and had one six-pack of beer. (laughs) Just played Dark Souls 2 and split those things between each other. Uh, But it was one of the best weekends of my life. (laughs) So good. I did that with a friend of mine uh, came over. I got a, at the time um, I got a mileage check at the beginning of every month. So I was driving around all of Louisiana and they gave me like 37 cents a mile or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like th- probably put my car through hell. I did several thousands of miles. Right. So I had a fat fucking uh, mileage check at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's time boys. I went to Best Buy. I bought a GameCube. Uh, oh. came with came with Super Mario Sunshine, uh, which I've never finished and barely played. I bought uh, <laughs> Metroid Prime, and I bought uh, Wind Waker. And hell, hell yeah! Hell yeah. <laughs> and a friend came over with a big bag of weed and uh, some beer, and we had a great time. Hell, yeah! Anyway, uh, let's do let's do. I can't calling? believe episode two is going to have these as the outtakes. I know, dude. We're so, what are we doing in this? What are we Should we doing? edit these? Do we delete I don't, them? I'm not going to edit these at all. No, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> they, get, they get us at our best and our worst. <clears throat> That's right. All right. Episode two, baby. Let's do this. I am, um, I am going to pause 
for a second, Jeremy. Okay. Hold on. Hmm. 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 I am not. It. It. It is not using the correct microphone. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Don't worry. I mean, you've been coming in loud and clear, so I've got we've got backup from you, so that won't be a big deal. If you want to switch it now and start the recording, um, save that track, I guess, if you want to, and I'll see if it's good, and then start a new track and just upload both of them, and I'll fix it. It's, in like, post. it's just my laptop mic. That f- I knew there was something wrong with my fucking waveform. Fuck. You're good, dude. You haven't you haven't even glitched out once. Like the internet's been holding up. Like I, I you'll you'll sound a little different than you usually do, but it won't be it won't be bad. It's, I, I tested it, but then I was messing with my headphones, and then that's when I must have changed. <sighs> Episode two, they're going to think I'm a phony, dude. No way, dude. Not even, it, this happens. This is the kind of stuff that happens on episode 270. Like, that's just, you just get kind of used yeah. to stuff. Because <laughs> I just kept thinking, why is my waveform so big? I hope I'm not, like, blowing out my mic right now. Uh, and then I stepped back, and I crushed a water bottle. Okay. Oh, um, Jesus Christ, Chris. Are you okay? Would, no, it's just like a plastic one. I crush them up, and I throw them in the recycling bin. Um, and I do it all the time. And if I step back when we're recording, because I always drink a thousand fucking bottles of water. Um, when I step back far enough, my mic doesn't pick up on it. And I crushed it, and it picked up on it, like, big time. And I was like, okay. Uh, that's odd. I think, <laughs> I think it might be using the wrong microphone. <laughs> this is supposed to be a little bit more directional than that. <laughs> <laughs>